0: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of Hands on Safety. Today, we are going to be kind of building off of uh, last month's show where we talked about mass shootings and, um, you know, what kind of safety Precautions were in place nowadays for those things. What came of the different shootings? What you know, how they affected um, how school systems and businesses deal with that kind of thing now. But today we're going to talk about what happens afterward. And so, as always, we have with us Megan Hargrave. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Good day. And George Freeman.
1: Hey, what's up, people? How are you doing?
0: So this was um, you know, brought on by the fact that there was so much of this in the news in the last few months, and it was a little surprising at how little has been done. I mean, there's certainly been things put into place. Businesses and schools have drills now to help people, you know, practice what to do in case there's an active shooter situation. But, you know, some places have, have increased their securities, but you know, it really hasn't increased the way you would expect it to, considering how prevalent this has been in the media in the last couple of years.
1: Yes, there's been a good number of mass shootings. Yeah, We're pretty much the mass shooting capital of the world, you know, in the United States, which is kind of sad.
0: That That is very sad.
1: On, on that situation. So I found a plethora of information of different so we to put So much stuff that uh, put them in the um, show notes. Uh, articles I found in New York Times, uh, different organizations. You have a gun violence archive that, uh, reports on mass shootings, uh, particularly in the U S uh, RAN organization has a toolbox about, uh, mass shooting secret service has a site, uh, Department of Homeland Security, FBI. So a number of, um, federal agencies here in the U S uh, that have information about active shootings, what you do during. And after as well, so some stuff to be good to review uh, if those who are really interested into it.
0: And I would imagine is you know, I know a lot of schools um, provide counselors, you know after this happens um, for anybody who who wants to take advantage of that. And I would imagine that most businesses do as well. I know some businesses, you know already have a uh, employee assistance program where they have counselors in place for um, any reason. But I would imagine that they would either remind people of that service or or bring in counselors uh, specifically trained to help people deal with these types of situations.
1: Yes, very much so. Um, that's part of the process for many of the federal agencies and actually I think for some police departments, uh, organizations or events afterwards. I think we should go back a little bit to um, to go into segue into what to do after, so what, do you, what happens during. So we already talked about the fight. Uh, mean, the hide, the fight. But part of that process would be to find a hiding spot in lieu of running. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best way to do is um, if you're if it's an area that you usually go to, uh, ask someone, uh, some, you know talk to someone about that, that cited that could assist you with it. Like where, you know, was there a place around I could hide? I actually talk to them about, you know, reason why you're concerned about this. The matchings do occur. And if they were to occur, you don't want to be caught with your pants down. Uh, you want to make sure that you're active in the conversation and being proactive. So, what I would suggest, what I've seen, is that you know, establishing uh, a place to hide um, that you know ahead of time, having someone that you maybe you go to class with, or someone you're you're, you're friends with, or you go to uh, you know uh, certain places to other than schools, uh, frequent personal frequents particular uh, place on a regular basis. I'd say. You know get to know that place very well people in it who can assist you so finding a place to hide is just as important as the running portion of it right right, i don't think they're you know they're looking for easy targets and the hiding go seek is just more you know there's more work for them uh so if you're in the site in line of sight most likely you're going to be the one that they target so trying to find a place to hide if you are you know if you're doing that make sure you turn your your phones off turn off uh, or turn down low um to the point where you can't uh receive noise such mm. as, you know, when you have um what's, what's the program I'm thinking of on the phone? Like do not disturb. No, no, do not disturb function, With the phone, I have it on my phone to help you it, instead of being able to read it, it just tells you what's going on. So if you have uh anything on your device that will speak uh for you or read to you, um I'd say maybe just not do not disturb uh button probably be a good option to push on there right um, turning turning
0: that speech off whether you you know in the case of like an apple phone, turning off voiceover or or muting the speech so that you exactly. just start talking at
1: random times and maybe just even oh, let's say airplane mode yes yeah you know, that might just you know solve the easiest problem the easiest thing you can touch is airplane mode everything is just pretty much is uh silent uh, yeah yeah so maybe the only thing uh the only bad thing about that it may not not sure if you can tell where you are. Um, you may we might want that function on your phone to make sure people are aware where you are. Yeah. Uh. So in that case, do you.
2: not disturb would be best. Probably mm-hmm. the best one, best. right?
1: Yeah. 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 Agreed. So, ex- say an extreme 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 situation, you can't find it. Do not disturb. Just go to airplane mode, or <laughs> uh, the quickest thing you can. You, know, you don't really want to be fumbling around with your phone and have it make noise. Right. Uh. You know wherever you hide, whoever's hiding with you, make sure they turn out the light. push something in between the door and you. Uh, that's the main thing is is getting that um, creating space. Creating space is is one of the key things that you want to do uh, as well. It's just going to be kind of hard for someone who can't see to run. Uh, but so I think hiding probably be the best avenue uh, to go to. Use a assistants. freezer
2: at a grocery store.
1: Yeah, like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, but if you know uh, where where you're going to uh, freezer or somewhere you can get out of easy back door, get mm-hmm. out the building completely. Yeah. You know, if get out of the building completely, probably be your best option uh, to do it. And if you are getting out of business, let other people know that uh, who uh, who when you might see going to go, like, hey, don't go in there. It's mm-hmm. a great video the FBI has. and Actually, I think I put that in the, uh, in the notes as well that the FBI has uh, talking about this whole thing, about what to do during the process. Uh, you know, they're talking about uh, cover compared to cover, cover and concealment. Cover is something that protects you from, you know, say being the bullets or whatever. Concealment something that just kind of hides you, you know, temporarily. Something to mm-hmm. to block the view. Uh, so, goes in detail, but it's a really good number of videos that the FBI has. Uh, I put some links on there for that. But yeah, so you know, the whole thing, you know, the run, the hide, and last resort is to fight. You know, if you have to do so, you can't. Anything can be a weapon. Keep that in mind. Uh, if they get close enough to you uh whatever maybe you're behind the door, your job is to push the door onto them, whatever, you know. Uh, but talk about it with the individuals uh that you should be with should be by yourself. Really should not be by yourself at all. Then you talk about the aftermath. What do you do, you know, after the whole situation? And uh mm-hmm. so what so what I've what I've seen here is particularly is that different agencies will have things in place uh depending on the situation. And it'd be good, especially if it's your job or maybe your school. There should be a designated area where it should be established where everyone should evacuate to if there is a problem. Uh, if not, usually there's something set up, you know, by the police. Once they get there, uh, they'll, they'll designate an area for individuals to go and to assemble. Definitely, if you have to seek medical attention, uh, it also should be uh, within an area of evacuation or shortly ever after. They should be providing you medical assistance and care. Um, for any type of injuries and make, make sure that's, that's done. It should be setting up a, like, something like a family assistance center or some type of victim assistance center, uh, is, is a common thing that they would set up. Uh, that way you can actually, your you know, let your friends and family know if you can't use your cell phone. Uh, maybe mine might have lost it or something. Maybe it's damaged. Uh, but at the same time, your family should be able to contact, uh, the center to find out, you know, are you okay? Are you, you know, is there a situation where you are a survivor or, or worse. So you have, usually have of family assistance center or program that's usually set up mm-hmm. afterwards. And the best thing to do is to find out and, you know, make sure the law enforcement knows your name, you know, who you are, uh, who you may have to contact. Um, cause also, what might happen too is that if you are injured, you may be taken to a secondary location, most likely the hospital or some type of uh, medical treatment uh, area. And, you know, if you're, say, that you're unconscious for some reason, maybe you've actually been shot by the individual, uh, hurt during uh, escape, maybe you're unable to speak for yourself at this point. It's good to have, uh, you know, good to know, to have a place like this to take care of you. But it's also where your friends and family will try to locate you in that situation. But information should be passed on. So you also have what's called the assistant family uh, reunification process. So that's part of the process where evacuees and survivors are taken uh, to re-engage with their family and friends. Uh, the process may take a little while. What's the important part is that it's not information will be scattered. Evacuees may be scattered in different locations, maybe, maybe one more than one hospital, depending on um, the availability of rooms or wherever the ambulances may take you to, or maybe maybe just a short, maybe um, a shortage of of beds and locations or doctors and so you may go to different locations. So somewhere along the line, uh, there's a process of reunif- unifying uh, family members you know, and other individuals. So your family should be aware that uh, there will be some assistance provided. And a lot of times, by calling the police, uh, they should be notified of the location. So having your information really available, your ID card on you, or something like that, uh, where people can find it, you know, will help out in that process. Because the hardest part is trying to find out where your loved ones are after the fact.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm I'm a huge proponent of carrying your ID with you no matter what, whether you have a wallet or, you know, you leave everything else at home. I, stick your ID in your back pocket. You just never know.
2: Or have multiple forms of ID on you. So if you have your phone with you, have a picture of your ID card yeah. on your phone or you carry your ID with you in some form.
1: Now, something I'd seen recently on a video I was watching about traffic stops, I watch stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> And the uh, gentleman, he actually teaches uh, gun safety and interaction with the police. And what he had was a ID card holder around Mm -hmm. his neck. Mm -hmm. That was great. So for this situation, he pulled his hands out. He has his hands, his palms up, facing upwards, and he, you know, Trumps to get the idea. He goes, "You want me to get your idea?" "My idea, like yes." Yeah. So he goes, "Right here." He just pulled it out of, you know, out of his uh, shirt,
0: out of his shirt. Have to yeah,
1: for, yeah. Then they go reach for anything like that. Uh, when I was in the when I was uh, in the army station in Iraq, we actually had or I usually I'd have my idea in something like that because mm-hmm. I didn't have any pockets on my PT gear, my physical training uh, shorts, right, kind of shallow. So uh, I use I use that. Yeah, so, I put my ID to stuff. So, I you know, think I need to get by one I go, oh, I already have one somewhere in the house. So, something <laughs> like that, you know, some type of ID holder that you can wear around your neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a, some type of um, where it's a chain or with some type of uh, string. Probably the best thing for, just, in, just in general to have. Yeah. Uh, you can also take it and put it in your pocket as well with with that same thing and put it on your neck later on. But it's probably a good thing to have in case something does happen to you. It's around your neck, easy to get to uh for most cases uh but having multiple id like megan said i think is a great idea you know so that does help out as well and just in case you're unable to speak for yourself because uh, yes. you're incapacitated in some form or fashion uh you know especially if you're in a hospital somebody has your blood type too a lot of people don't do that um be right. put on your phone but having your blood type uh available makes a lot easier uh so a little basic information like that blood type if you have any allergies medication. Don't want to give you something that you're allergic to. So that can be put inside of this, um, this this pouch, you want to call it um, right. as well. Just basic information. Maybe put it on a um, three by five index card.
0: Yeah. You know. I, I actually have a, and this is from, oh my gosh, the seventh grade, I think. Um,
2: I have a <laughs> card
0: week. from, from the red cross that okay. um, has my blood type on it, where they, they came into our school and they, they showed us how they tested blood type, and so, of course, everybody had their blood type tested, and they just wrote it out for us on a card. So I don't know if that's something that you can ask for, you know, if you go to the Red Cross to give blood, if that's something you can ask for, or uh, what. I but, think
2: you definitely can, because I actually have a, I have a donor card that has my blood type on it and blood stuff type. in my okay. wallet. Yeah, so. that's
0: good to have as well.
1: And I think some license may have it. I'm not sure. I Ooh, I that's have, a you know uh, maybe it's a possibility. It's a maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, especially um,
0: if you're a donor. We're a donor.
1: Yeah, may maybe on there. A well. donor, maybe maybe think about that. If you're a donor, it may have it on there. Uh, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, I just know one of those things. A lot of people don't know their blood type. Right. It's just one of those things. Uh, so knowing your blood type actually can save your life. Uh, like I said, putting your allergies and your allergic to medication you're allergic to. Could help uh, prevent, you know, from some type of uh, more serious situation, or uh, complication rather. a so little thing that like, so everything we ever talk about is always about pre plan pre-gaming, pre-planning. You have yep. to be proactive. In everything that we do, especially our stuff that we talk about, because like I said I've said months before, um, safety begins before you walk out the door. You have to plan, Absolutely. you know, from from leaving to returning, and this conversation has to be had about. You know, mass shootings It's just one of those, those things that, that unfortunately happens, at least particularly in American society, you know, on a, on, a, on a regular basis every other month or something like that, depending how hot it is, I guess, outside <laughs> dictates people's stupidity. You know, so you have that. And another thing is people want to leave. So when you leave, leave your belongings. So we talked about having your ID information on you. You know, uh, me as a guy, I carry a wallet. It's always in my pocket. Mm hmm. For the same, well say at least like 90% of the time it's still in my pocket. I mean, I might put it on a desk or something like that. in my studio, I, I do take it out and put it somewhere uh, outside of my pocket because it falls out of my pocket, or at least I know I already have a set location. But, anyways, having you know, having it on you is important for women who have purses or other additional bags, they may have it in their bag. So having it on you in some form of fashion or having it what e- easy access, even if you have um you know, a, kind of like a bug out bag, like grab your bag and roll with it. Like it's right mm-hmm. there, not looking for it, you know, but if you, if you can't leave your stuff, take your sure, mission, if you have your make sure you have ID with you, you know, but leave your stuff and go, you really don't have time for it. If you don't have ID, you don't have ID on you period. At some point, the law enforcement and the, uh, the facility operations or management will allow for people to go back into retrieve, um, their belongings. This is going to be after the incident that is going to occur. So it's going to take some time you know so yeah you know, so look for your personal belongings after the fact uh, but usually after the crime scene investigation is complete that's so it may take a little while mm-hmm. unless uh, so you have to coordinate with law enforcement uh at least your those who run the, the uh facility that you'll be in will have to coordinate law enforcement and allow other individuals once they notify them that it's safe to go back again you talked about um like a casualty uh, assistance program or victim assistance program. So, it's going to be a long term recovery. So, the restoration process, um, you know, t- t- turning back to your normal uh, situations. Uh, hopefully, your your job or your school will set something up where they have counseling. So, uh, like I said, I've seen things on television. Uh, they're seeing mass shootings that they uh, put on the, on the media that within the next day or so, you see mass shooters are bringing out the puppy dogs so everybody can, you know, love on them and stuff. Uh, and they can level on other people. Um, so it seems to be quite a, a, a good thing that happens quite quickly. Um, and you're, you know, you, should, you know, should talk to your, you know, uh, your school or your, your job about, do you having assistance employees, assist employees with, you know, with other type of help counselors, kind of grief counselors coming in. Um, is there some, so it's kind of like, um, employee assistance program, you may call it mm-hmm. or assistance employees. Uh, program. They have somebody come to your workplace. Will so they have like offsite, uh, counseling as well? You know, so you might need to find out about these things ahead of time. because maybe they may not have something like that in place. So it's good to bring up a conversation. But what about the, uh, was a life insurance, uh, process in case something happens, you know, to you and your family? What will they do? You know, so like sometimes you do have a federal, state and local victims assistance programs, uh, which will, will provide uh assistance of victims in the local community uh, and help them with the recovery process and sometimes it's provided by the police or local government uh i so say we're talking about grief counselors will come in they'll offer mental health counseling uh, should be provided as well and you know that's what this you know should just what you should expect after the situation you're going to need help mentally maybe physically uh you're, you're gonna suffer some type of ptsd uh, Post traumatic stress syndrome is is a real thing. You could get into a bike accident se- severely, you know, severely, and you know have issues on. For a case in point, uh, my godchildren, they're teenagers. Uh, about a month ago, my teenage, uh, teenage goddaughter was driving. She waited for the light. Light changed, green. She's going, but someone red. Someone ran the red light, mm. hit her, and the car flipped over with her and her brother in it. Oh gosh. She's 16 years old. They're fine. Uh, yeah. bringed bring up, but now she's scared to drive. She had yeah. just started driving, and now she's scared to drive. Mm. So this is PTSD comes in all shapes and forms and sizes. It's yeah, not it's just stress. relegated to military, law enforcement people who suffer some type of uh, sexual or physical uh, assault. So you know, people forget about that. It, it's it's you find yourself in a, a situation. It's a it's just stress induced from a situation you found yourself in. And it's mm-hmm. how to mentally deal with it. Uh, not everyone can deal with it the same way. Some people are mentally more resilient than others. So you can't one can fault you for feeling a certain way about going back to your job or not wanting to do that job or being fearful around people or not wanting to see guns, you know, guns don't kill people, people kill people with guns. Uh, so, you know, it's what it seems like, or some other weapon. So I, I can see being fearful of people or, or, or devices, such as mm-hmm. firearms, you know, it, 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 that's a natural occurrence. No one can beat you up for that, but you do need some see some help. No, don't be Superman, Superwoman. I don't need any help. Yes, you do. Everyone deals with it differently, but everyone will need someone to talk to. And when they do, it's like you know, like belts, like bats coming out the belfry, just flying out. You know. Yeah. So I mean, that's some stuff that I, that I, I ran across looking at the research of what to do after the process. But you you can't do it by yourself. You're going to need assistance from family and friends. You know, and it's even harder for if your family member loses you because you become a, uh, a, a term, you know, your life is terminated, you know, uh, by the situation. That's a whole different thing. So that's when the insurance policy comes in. Um, You know, it's just a very hard situation. It's like the one officer who uh, who died shortly after, I think a day or so after his wife had been shot and killed. At yeah, the I remember in that. Texas. You know, he was acting under there, wanted to go and get her, but they pulled him out to told him to get out to the revolver or the reserve's weapon, I believe and kicked him out you know and there's a video of him in the in the hallway on the phone trying to contact his wife and people try to say that oh see this cop is not a good cop was on the cell phone well he was trying to contact his wife and do a job at the same time right i mean if he had survived that the stress he would have had from not from knowing that there's no way he could have gotten in there and she died i think Mm -hmm. that's even worse right you know so no one ever talks about that uh so there's a whole process uh that that should be already established with certain agencies Uh, So I'd say check with your school, Uh, most likely who would know that process, if not the administration, it should be security officers. They should have some type of process. And if not, you may want to advocate and ask about it. And if they don't, they kind of go, well, we're working on it. I don't take that. You know, we're working on it. It's not that hard to work on. Um, Contact somebody at a higher level, more like the administration. uh, Like, hey, what's going on here? And just kind of beat them up on that, because that's something that has to be established people get to the point where they like, oh yeah we're going to do this we're going to do that we're going to going to everything we're gonna, yeah we're all about this and then whoop, the ball get dropped <laughs> yep you know so you have to stay up on top of that because it can save lives if people are smart about what they're doing it can make your transition back to normancy a little a little more easier if people are prepared for it instead of just trying to figure it out as it happens
0: And I think one thing to note is that uh, especially in in cases where you're maybe using like an employee assistance program that they they do not have to report anything that you say back to your boss. Um, You know, they are there to counsel you, to help you. um, But, you know, whatever you say in counseling through your work does does not get reported back to your employer. It's still just as confidential as if you you went to an outside source.
1: Tell my boss. I work for myself. I don't care.
0: Well, <laughs> that's a little different.
1: Tell my boss. Yeah. Tell mine. The
0: conversations you have with yourself are a whole nother story.
1: Yeah. I try not to have too many conversations about myself.
0: <laughs> that's good. Although I can't judge because I have plenty of conversations with myself. Uh, I know. can't
1: judge either. I'm not going to lie. Judge you judge you also can be judged <laughs> but don't don't mean you can't judge though you that's right be too. just yeah. just know there are consequences yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but yeah so yeah, some stuff i wanted to look up because of uh, because of that whole fact I just i think we went on like more of a uh, venting on the last one uh someone we'll get, get a little more structure because it was, just, it was just a fresh thing that just occurred and then yeah. shooting since then Yeah, Uh, there's so
0: much information out there, too, which is which is great to see. You know, when we started researching, this was that there are so many sources of information. Like you said, Homeland Security, the FBI, um, you know, all all these places that have this information out there that's available. and, And it doesn't take much to find it. It's a quick Google search to find a lot of things.
1: The sad part of information is out there because it happens and it happens quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> it's the sad part that, you know, it happens quite a bit. So therefore, it's quite a lot of information out there. So it's not a secret. So when someone so there's no reason why someone says, oh, we don't have a program. You can put something together and you can reach out to some of these agencies and they will provide you the assets and, you know, help you out with it. because They have departments that just deal with that.
2: Something that's also really important for those who are uh, south, uh, no, north of the border, uh, sorry, I got my ge- geography a little bit.
1: <laughs> did did up you?
0: There. Did you forget you weren't in Mexico? <laughs> like,
1: you don't look Mexican, but you never know.
2: <laughs> How do you know? No, I'm kidding.
1: Well, you know, you're uh, right you're <laughs>
2: you're right. Anyway, so uh one thing to know, and I've seen it a lot around social media because I follow a lot of people who do stuff for the community who post anon anonymously. I can't say that word. Not anonymously. Um, yes, that word. <laughs> Uh, for people in in really hard situations um if you dial 211 here um so 211 it it's a great resource to if you're you know struggling and you need help or you're trying to find counseling or any number of community services that's a good way to find it Um, they'll help you out in finding like counseling and stuff like that if you don't have access to like Google, for example, or stuff like that. So uh, i noticed that has been a big thing lately. So just a little tidbit for you folks out there.
0: Mm-hmm. It was yes, a, like- a
2: number here like that as well. I'm not sure
0: if it was specifically for uh, like veterans crisis line or, um, or general, I'll have to look that up. But um, it seemed like there was an easy access number in the US for that as well.
1: Well, you know, little bit different though but um this still could play into this the uh what is the new number for suicide prevention uh have you guys heard of all he's in the states there's a just like nine one one is a three number phone number
0: yeah and that might be what i'm thinking of
1: so we just, i just don't, uh, don't remember that it might be two weeks ago it takes the place of the suicide hotline number because that's mm-hmm. what it is uh but instead of um you know the whole number and it's a national uh number it's 988
0: that's it. I was States. thinking nine 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 or nine eight nine. New Southern
1: Crisis uh, Lifelines. What's it called twenty four hours. Uh, but it's nine. Uh, it's nine eight eight. So I think which says which I think is great. Mm-hmm. I was going to post it on my uh, studio uh, page. Just to get awareness of it. Uh, I'm not sure there's anything like that in Canada. That'd be kind of cool. We have something similar. Uh, yes,
2: we do. We have a number like that. Um, it's a one eight hundred number. I'm not sure what it is off no. the top of my head here. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Usually so that's a folks. little different than, than what I was thinking.
1: I think they're trying to have what well, I'm seeing, they're trying to have one by two thousand twenty three. Probably something similar to like what we have. Uh but yeah, but it's been a long time coming. I see a two two eleven lifeline number. Yeah, so Canada Suicide Prevention Service, two one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so if there's something that happens, uh but I think they're trying to prevent uh yeah, so I think trying to do something more, but uh, that's what I'm seeing right now. Uh, but I'm sure folks up there can probably look at, a little bit deeper into it. Um, but yeah, something like that is, is necessary. It's much easier than trying to find a whole number, <laughs> a whole, you know, uh, you know, seven digit phone number because you need help. You know, but they still have the regular uh, numbers as well. But what I've seen is what the number is supposed to be. So two eleven Lifeline. Well, that's New York. Dang it. <laughs> My bad. Finger Lakes, New York. I just said Canada. Oh, crisis. Yeah. It says, yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah. We'll add some of that. But, uh, will. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Yeah for, yeah. for the crisis hotline. Yeah. We'll leave that alone. Uh, I'm not seeing anything right off the bat. So, but yeah, but, but it's, uh, we know here in the States that we do have a crisis hotline now, uh, number, which is quick. Um, but yeah, there's so much stuff out there seeing, um, you know, the gun violence uh, archive they report all types of gun violence um, in in chronological order uh, dating back to I think um, let's see I'm looking at late uh, 1990s I believe uh, you have another site that uh, covers stuff around the world uh, wow. still shows it still shows America is like more more gun violence so you have things like that yeah it's just kind of crazy. Every town's another one, another site you may want to look up. I have that post as well. Uh, that gives you information of mass shootings. You know, since from two thousand nine, so there's so a lot of information out there to, to look up stuff to, to to figure out what's going on and where. But don't you don't get stuck in a rabbit hole and keep <laughs> and just <laughs> live your life in that.
0: Right, and you know, unfortunately, I don't think this problem is going away anytime soon. Um, no, no. I saw something the other day. That the Biden administration was was had come out with some new um, gun reform, and I <laughs> I may be screwing this all up because um, I'm not remembering the not remembering the headline correctly. But it, it seemed like some some new gun laws were proposed here just recently, and uh, you know, of course, the consensus was that it it wouldn't really make a difference. But um, I I think this is just something that that we're not going to get rid of anytime soon unfortunately. Um, but, you know, hopefully it, it does eventually go away.
1: Well, yeah, it's um, we're a gun culture in America. That's just mm-hmm. us, how it is. Like, oh, you can't. So we, we're we will not be taking guns away from people. I think people will get no. scared of that. That's not going to happen because no, that's uh, even happen. in the, your military, our many people in military law enforcement are pro gun or you know, uh, pro Second Amendment. And maybe the last ones to that, that could be used. Plus, the military can't be used on its own citizens in this country mm-hmm. people forget that and many many soldiers and military members understand that by law most likely could uh, go against that and not, not worry about um repercussions to them because something is something is illawful or moral or unethical um soldiers mil- people in the military in the united states at least can have a second thought on that process so you see it in movies, people going in there, martial law and all that stuff. Those are big, really extreme cases. And most soldiers are not down with that. Yeah. <laughs> we know that. We're not down with that. Uh, the way that America's side, that's is we don't have too many coup attempts uh, in America because our mindset is that we don't do that. That's not what we do. But some people may try. Uh, and if some government says, hey, let's use the military on this people. That's why the National Guard go in, goes in, not the active duty, because that's state ran. That's a whole different ballgame. States can call that up. But when they're federalized, it's a whole different, whole different thing. So, yeah, I think most people people understand that. But as we have a gun culture. uh, I seen something recently about the assassination of the former prime minister of Japan, and people like, "Well, it wasn't a gun." Well, it was a homemade gun. (laughs) I don't care if it's store bought or homemade; it still was a gun that this guy made and used to kill the prime minister. You know, um, it could have been a knife, but he chose a weapon that could. uh, Deliver more destruction in a short period of time. So yeah, it's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, but it's, it's part of our culture. We have to be more vigilant about uh, those in our family who who have weapons. Should they really have a weapon or not? Not or or a firearm. Not every everyone has a right to own one, but not everyone should be owning one. You know? Right.
0: Yep. And it's it's hard to it's hard to you know allow gun ownership and weed out everyone that shouldn't have a gun. Right. it's just, um, you know, you hope that, and we talked a little bit about this last time. You, you hope that uh, there's more education in place for people who want to own guns um, that, that may help kind of remind people, you know, how to be safe with them and, and, you know, when not to use them and make them more responsible gun owners. But um, you just, there's no way around really um having laws in place that that allow gun ownership without there always being somebody out there that has one that probably shouldn't.
1: Yeah. And responsible gun ownership, I think, is the key. Responsible gun owners have to call out those who are irresponsible. Um yeah it's but here in America, we don't like to call out things that we know are wrong because it uh, can be used against us. Uh wrong is wrong. Or you know, someone's like minded because you're like us. So I don't want to, you know, they're part of our team. Wrong is wrong. If you had someone in your family that was a drug user, I mean, I hope you have an intervention, call them out on it. You know, let them continue using drugs in your presence or around family members or kids or whatever. You're going you're gonna to check that situation. You need to have that same mentality when it comes to weapons, particularly in the U.S., that you need to call out those who are doing wrong and, you know, make sure we have things that show what the right way of doing things are. That's pretty much all I got.
0: Well, we will... Um We will certainly have all this information in our show notes, um, links to resources where you can you can find these things. And, you know, we really hope that that no one is ever in this situation. But you hope that about a lot of situations and all you can really do is be prepared. And if you do find yourself in a situation where uh, there's an active shooter, knowing what to do, being prepared as much as you can be before you leave the house. Um, knowing your surroundings, like we talked about last time. You know, all those things are, are just odds in your favor that you will come out of it safely. And sometimes that's the best you can do is just um, try to stack the odds in your favor.
1: i also like to say that uh, if you feel you're going through something and you feel you want to take um, uh, ideations of hurting yourself or somebody else, else talk to somebody. Uh, if you know of individuals who may seem a little sketchy uh, you know, out there saying things or doing things, you may want to inform someone uh, because that has circumvented a number of instances where individuals were, you know, these red flags and there was mentioned to somebody else passed on uh, so that people are informed of it because you, you could actually stop something from happening uh, by that. You know, but you see on social media where people are talking stuff uh, that you know, uh, don't be afraid because you could be afraid of, you might, I don't want to get them in trouble. Well, taking lives will get them in trouble. So, right, you know, rather right. than to be talked to and maybe uh, given help prior to something happen, may make a big difference.
0: Definitely, Megan. Any any final thoughts from you? Uh, I
2: think you guys did a pretty good job on covering <laughs> things. <laughs> Thank you for supervising. Yeah, You're welcome. I'm too. just
1: happy to be here.
2: <laughs> you know, I do come into these episodes with some information you but do. also i do uh, learn quite a lot so Good. um sure just kind of our research
1: dude <laughs> the research dude i like being a dude. the research dude <laughs> yeah the t-shirt yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the research dude <laughs>
2: awesome yeah and all i've got to say is really just make sure you know your stuff guys um like i i always go leave my house knowing kind of where to go or what to do in a situation um i'm getting better at that as time goes on and you know i'm prepared so be prepared and because you're prepared nothing will happen no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah guys please stay safe out there enjoy life and that's all i got wise words from megan mm-hmm. <laughs> all right everybody well we as
0: always have been Enjoyed bringing you another episode of Hands on Safety. We look forward to bringing you another one next month. And you can find us on the web at Hands on Safety Podcast on Facebook, at Hands underscore Safety on Twitter, and check out our website, handsonsafety.net. And we will see y'all next month.
2: Have a great month, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the summer.
0: Almost over.
2: It's almost over.
0: Stay
1: warm or stay cool.
2: (laughs) Do both. Stay cool. (laughs) Most places.
0: (laughs) Stay cool.